This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That for joining me Robbie on the Football CFB podcast Not a problem at all thanks for having me on Robbie you um, are a local Greenock boy just like myself and I'm interested to know when did you start playing football as a youngster? Um, I first uh, joined Rangers when I was 8 uh, but before that I kind of played with the school played with the local yak that you're probably familiar with and yeah. um, Played with a local team called First Touch as well. Um, that was probably about a similar age. Um, and yeah, just I got two big brothers, as you know, so I just played a lot with them. And as soon as I could walk and kick a ball, that was, that was what I enjoyed doing the most. So yeah, quite early. You obviously said there you were signed by Rangers at such a young age, at eight. What do you remember about that? Obviously, you were quite young, so you might not, but what do you remember about that? Um, I should remember it really clearly. I was. Uh, I was so young, but um, I just remember it being such a big deal. Even them kind of understood the importance of it, and uh, family were excited for me. And um, yeah, I remember getting the letter through the door, and mum showing me it, and heading up to training, and just yeah, just a lot of emotions. It was really exciting, but obviously you're young, and you're just, just looking forward to it. No nerves. You just want to go do your bit. Um, I must have done all right to to keep training with them, and. Um, trained at iBooks for a couple of years and then uh, Murray Park was opened a couple of years later so training there was amazing and yeah, a lot, lot of good memories I'm interested to know, obviously having been signed so young and progressing through the levels at Rangers which players did you look up to not just at Rangers but in the game in general as you were growing up and progressing through the academy? Um, I think in the academy it would probably be John Fleck he was always a few years older than me and he was always talked about his has been a, a top talent and he's he's obviously shown that now in the Premier League which is it's amazing to see and um yeah we were always kind of considered one of the, the better players in the in the academy so it was always nice to be put in that category with him and um yeah just follow his example training with the first team at an early age and um yeah I'd probably probably say him but in terms of first team players at the time it was like the Dan was always always my hero he was just amazing everything he did so I'd yeah I'd say him was well, he was my favourite player growing up. As you progressed through the academy at Rangers, when was the first time that you really felt and believed that you could make it as a professional footballer? And in particular, when was the first time you truly felt you could make it at Rangers? Uh, I think I think I was always always confident myself. You know, I did try to do as much as I could. Yeah, good habits and work hard and listen to the coaches and all the kind of things you're supposed to do, if you like. Um, so I always kind of had that belief that kept doing those things, kept working hard then then it would pay off. Um I remember the first time I trained with the first team, um, Kenny McDowell, the assistant manager, um, came out to watch us in the youth side and must have been impressed because I was training with the first team a day or two later and I remember, you know, fitting in pretty well and uh everyone said I you know, I did really well and then ever since then I trained quite regularly with them so I think that was probably a good 
good step in the career just to obviously train with these guys who are like internationals and playing for the first team week in week out to hold your own and, and train with them then it gives you a lot of be- uh, a lot of belief and that was probably probably a big turning point yeah you mentioned Kenny McDowell there and Kenny obviously worked at Celtic he's worked with Rangers so he's worked with some of the best young players in the country um, for a sustained period of time what was he like as a person and just how big an influence did he have in your career? Yeah, I, I mean, as I said, he was probably the first coach out of the first team to um, to notice me, if you like, and he gave me a lot of belief. He just said he'd been watching me and um, just just do what I did in the youth team and do it with the first team, and that's what I did. So he gave me a lot of belief, and he, to be fair, he was always the kind of link between the players and the and the Alan McCoy manager at the time. So... Um, you could you could ask him anything. You could um, he was always happy to help out and go on with all the players. To be fair, so yeah, he's obviously I say experienced in uh, coaching youth players. So for him to take a liking to me was a massive confidence boost, especially the timing. And um, yeah, it was great to have someone like that on uh, on the staff. You came through and you trained with the Rangers first team at a particularly turbulent time for the club. Obviously, I don't want to go into the ins and outs with that for yourself, but. What was it like being around the club at that time? I think it was just a totally unique situation in terms of a club besides the Rangers going to the bottom, uh, lowest division. and It's not something you could prepare for. It's not something anyone was expecting, obviously. And uh, As a youth player, you, you go to the Champions League games and cup finals and watch them and you never expect to be in that situation. But um, that was the reality. And I think... Um, mistakes were always going to be made, you know, it was new to everyone, but I think the club handled it as well as they could and got on with the job and that, that was what it was. It was just there was no point in feeling sorry for yourself or uh yeah, looking for someone to blame as players. We just wanted to do the best job we could and as a young player it was just still exciting, amazing getting into the first team also that's what you'd worked hard for for so many years. So it didn't it didn't really matter in one sense that, you know, it was still Rangers first team, it was still 40,000 fans every week at Ibrook so it was still that feel of a big club it was just we happened to be playing the lower leagues so um, yeah a lot of different experiences different emotions but uh, still pretty proud to be a part of it You made your Rangers debut against Brecon in July 2012 when did you find out you were going to be in that squad? Um, squad list was always up day before a game so I guess uh Obviously, it's not a total shock. I mean, be training with them quite regularly up until the game, and uh, had a good preseason. So there were a few of us young guys that were that were in and about it, and yeah, to see your name on the squad list was pretty amazing. Um, and then, uh, yeah, in terms of in terms of the game, it's, uh, I can't actually remember much about it in terms of how I played or anything. I just remember the buzz of coming on, and then, as I said, it's it's your job to to do as best you can and show energy and enthusiasm and just uh, do, yourself, do yourself proud and that's what I tried to do. Obviously, as you said, having joined Rangers at the age of eight, having worked so hard to progress through the academy, a unique situation presents itself, you make your debut and you do quite well in the game. Does that give you the hunger and desire for much more game time at Rangers and, and, a, de- and a determination to make it happen? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, you don't want to go through all that and then just play one game and you want to be involved as much as you can and I think when you're younger you just you want everything right at once you just want to play as much as you can and show everyone how good you are and um, 
looking back, you maybe need to be a bit more patient and just uh, appreciate where it was. Um, but yeah, at the time, you're just, just desperate to, to do as well as you can, um, impress the manager, impress the fans, and, and uh, show yourself in a good light. So um, that's that was always my focus. After that period, you broke into the Rangers side and you were playing quite regularly. Two of the guys who I'm interested to ask you about are Lee McCulloch and Lee Wallace. Um, obviously, when mm-hmm. the club were down the divisions, they, they stayed with the club and they were an integral part of the squad during those lower league campaigns. What were they like as professionals and what were they like as people? Yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of like, bigger names, if you like, left. But um, to the standout, the stayed were obviously uh, Lee McCulloch and Lee Wallace, as you said. So um, they made that decision and they never probably never wanted extra credit for it to be honest. They just um wanted to do the best they could to help the young players coming through. Um Jake in particular was he was captain and um yeah, really welcoming to the first uh, to the young players coming through to be fair. He was I think he understood what it was like and he's um he had so much experience he was just happy to share it and had to pass on anything he could. Um well it's the same. He was just so consistent as a player as well. He was just did his job every week. Worked hard every day in training. Um, yeah, loved chatting about football. He was, yeah, both both great guys to have around in the dressing room to be honest. Yeah. As I said in my in my question there, I'm asking about Wallace and and McCulloch. You played regularly for Rangers over the next couple of seasons. Um, what was it like playing for Rangers regularly? And what was it like playing at Ibrox and scoring a goal at Ibrox? Um, yeah, as I said earlier, you just wanted to be involved as much as you could and that was all my focus on. I just wanted to play as much as I could and managed to get kind of over 50 appearances, I think, in those couple of years. Um, so that was that was also massive for me to to um, get that kind of experience playing for such a big club. Pressure was, was obviously still massive, even though you're in the lower leagues because the expectation on you is to win every week, um, win every cup game. You know, it's just relentless, really, at Rangers. That's... That's the way it always been for me growing up in the youth team. You're used to it, um, so you wouldn't really have it any other way. Um, uh, and scoring at iBooks was probably, yeah, scoring my debut at iBooks was probably one of the best feelings of, best memories I've got of playing there. Um, yeah, yeah, just uh, a lot of a lot of memories, uh, a lot of good times, and uh, scoring was definitely definitely up there with the best. I'm interested to know as well, obviously. Playing in League Two and League One, and you won both of those divisions when at Rangers. What was it like playing for Rangers in those divisions? Was it strange in the sense that it was pretty obvious that there was everyone else's cup final? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was strange, obviously. Everyone, I'd say, any club in the country's up for playing Rangers and Celtic. It's, it's their their chance to to um, be here with other clubs, if you like. Um, but that's that's part of the job. That's part of. Uh, why you train so hard and uh, you've got to deal with those those extra extra challenges. Um, I think Liam McCulloch said at the time it wasn't like it wasn't a massive difference between playing in the top league and playing in those leagues because as everyone was so up for it they were uh, extra motivated if you like to, to try beat us and uh, perform at their best so thankfully we uh, dealt with most of the challenges and we got through the leagues and um, wasn't always always a pretty football at times but I think um, when you look back at the circumstances it's Difficult to be to be too critical of anyone, and um, it's, it's yeah, it's amazing to see the club back back where they are now. You you worked under Ali McCoist, obviously, who's an absolute Rangers legend, and 
he's someone who actually I feel has a lot of connection with lots of fans out with Rangers because of his personality and mm-hmm. his, his jokey side. What was Ali like as a manager and as a person on the training ground? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that he's, he's an absolute legend, so I think right away the players, uh, he has the respect to the players. You know, if he, he talks especially about, about scoring or playing up front, then you're going to listen. Um, he's like a serial winner. He won so much at the club. He's yeah, done amazing things for the club. So um, I think that, that definitely set him up well uh, going into the coaching side. Um, obviously, he was coaching... And then went on to management, so the dynamic changed a little bit, I think, between the players, but that's natural, it's the way it should be. So, um, as a guy, like, obviously during that time, he was obviously as uh, cheery as he could be, and he helped keep smiles on faces of everyone at the club that worked there and the players. Um, so, it was, it was obviously a difficult role for anyone, but I think um, if anyone could handle it, it was him. And he gave me the chance, a few other young boys that have gone on to have good careers as well, and we all. Uh, owe my luck for giving their debut and um, yeah, nothing, nothing but positive things to say In terms of Ali as well last question on him he obviously recently expressed an interest in the Kilmarnock job um, mm-hmm. do you think would you like personally to see him get back into coaching having worked with him? I would actually yeah, it would be interesting it would be interesting to see how he does and uh, obviously in different, different circumstances and it, I don't think he'll have a more difficult job than when Rangers got put down the divisions and what he had to do. So uh, I'm sure he's learned from those experiences and um, if that's what he wants to do, then yeah, I'd be I'd be happy to see that. Yeah. You'd loan spells during your time at Rangers with Morton and Aloha and I want to obviously come to Morton first. It's it's your local club, it's my local club, we both live in the area. Um, what was it like signing for Morton considering as a local club for you? Uh, yeah, it was, it was really exciting to be honest. I mean, obviously I was a Rangers player and I hoped to be more involved at uh, Rangers for first team, but it wasn't happening in that pre-season. So a uh, loan move was the it was the best thing for everyone involved. And to go to Morton was, yeah, it was amazing actually to go back to the local team. Um, obviously my dad went to a lot of the games and took us when we were younger and, uh, and to go back there as a player was pretty special. Um we had a good squad, young squad, and um, again, there was pressure on us to, to win every week because we were in the league below them that we should have been in. Um, so yeah, a lot of good experiences, challenges, but um, it's a time to look back on fondly. Who would you say were the best players you played alongside when you were at Morton? Um, I'd say we had a good young squad. Ricky Lammy's obviously been around the Premier League now, Livingston, uh, the Premiership, sorry. Um, Dick McManus was top scorer, I think, that league uh, that year. Um, he's still, still scoring in for Falkirk now, so he's, he's doing well. There's a lot, of, a lot of good players, uh, young players in particular. Um, and obviously Jim Duffy was the manager who was... Um, he was good to me, actually. Yeah, I mean, he's got a bit of a reputation as old school, but he's really approachable and he's, I liked his methods and his training. And um, He was really good to me when I went back to Rangers and uh, always willing to, to chat about football and anything I needed. So, yeah, it was, it was good times. Obviously, you said there, sometimes Jim Duffy can have a reputation for being old school and you went from working under Jim at Morton to going to Allah and working under an up-and-coming young coach in Jack Ross. Working with Jack Ross, what was he like and could you see that he was destined to become a top coach at full-time level? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously easy to say now, but I generally did think at the time I was 
um, I could see him going on to bigger things. He um, came in and he had really strong presence and he was positive and he, you know, he got his ideas across clearly and um, his training was was excellent. Yeah, so we um, we had a good couple of months under him actually and really enjoyed working with him. And again, he's someone that I still keep in contact with and um, always always willing to help out. So um, yeah, good guy and it was good to see him do well uh, at Alwa. So I see him leave the job at Sunderland. I actually thought it was a bit harsh to lose it, but um, in general, yeah, really good to see him do well. What was your time at Aloha like in general? Um, in general, it was pretty tough. I mean, obviously, down bottom end of the league, not somewhere I was really used to being there. After being at Rangers and Morton, um, challenging for the league, um, I joined Aloha. I think they were yeah, bottom by like five points adrift. So it was, it was always going to be a challenge, and part time was. Uh, Again, an extra challenge training at night. That was that was new to me, but um, looking back, I'm glad I went. It was an eye opener to see see um, how others train, and um, there's always going to be something you can learn from any sort of experience like that. So uh, I'd say I'm glad that, glad I went. From there, you had short term spells at Wraith Rovers and East Kilbride. Um, what were those like? Um, yeah, so Wraith Rovers wasn't. Uh, most successful time to be honest. I was um, I was only there for six weeks, two months or something. I was uh, a couple of months after leaving Rangers and had a few few uh, few deals that didn't quite work out. So Wraith ended up being a good option for me at the time, and then just never got any game time at all. Just trained a lot, but um, didn't happen for whatever reason. And then uh, went to East Kilbride, um, and again I've got really good memories of that. Actually, it was obviously a bit of a some people going going to that league, but it was um, it just felt right at the time, and it was it was amazing to get back playing and scoring and having fun, and um, that was yeah brought a, brought a lot of joy uh, a lot of joy back into playing. So um, again, it's it's uh, an experience I'm, I'm glad I had, and and then that um, the move to Iceland came about pretty quickly after that, and they were they were happy for me to continue my career there. I'm I'm going to come to it now that. Um, after those spells at Wraith and EK, your foreign football adventure began and you've played in, in various countries now as we're going to come to, but I'm interested to know, was it always an, ex- an ambition of yours to experience other leagues in football and other cultures? Yeah, I think it was actually. Uh, growing up, I always just loved watching European football and style play and different uh, different cultures. It was, it was always interesting to me. I think when you're at a club besides the Rangers, it's, it's hard to look... Yeah, you can't get caught in the bubble. It's called the expression, but it's it's kind of true. You just focus on what's going on there, and you forget there's other leagues out there and other uh, other ways of playing, etc. So um, I think once I left Rangers, and I always had that ambition to go abroad and experience that for myself, and um, the chance to go to Iceland came about. Um, so I just, you know, thought why not, and I haven't looked back since. Yeah. When you went to Iceland, you joined the Icelandic Champions FH. What was Icelandic football like and what was life at FH like? Um, in terms of Icelandic football, it was I, I didn't really have any expectations. Obviously, it's not the most high-profile league, so I uh, just went over um, to do as best as I could and learn as much as I could. And thankfully, I did that. And um, It's hard to compare the standard of the league, but we um, we had Europe, uh, Champions League, Europa League qualifiers, so... That was a, a massive pull and going there. Like the experience of those were, were amazing playing against some top sides in Europe. So um 
those are probably the, the highlights of the highlights of being there. What was living in Iceland? Sorry, what was living in Iceland like, and what was the culture like? Um, living there was was amazing. To be honest, it was a really really nice country. It was um, it's just uh, obviously the landscape and that's beautiful, and people are really nice, and it's just really chilled out. You know, Scandinavian way. It's just nobody really stresses over the small stuff. It's um, and yet they have a good good work work ethic, and um, that obviously paid off for them in the, the national team and. The, yeah, it was, we all were pretty competitive in the qualifiers as well in Europe. So we, um, yeah, it was, it was just a, a good mix and good lifestyle and uh, a good place to be for a couple of years. You mentioned there, obviously, the Icelandic national team. They qualified for a major tournament and performed consistently well when you were out there. Could the Scottish game learn anything from the Icelandic game and the culture of football over there? Um, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious they could. I mean, we've had nowhere near the, uh, the success that they've had lately. Um, what they could get out, maybe, I mean, you see the facilities they have, they train all winter in top-class facilities, all the coaches are uh, really well qualified, so I think there's a lot that they could, could learn from, but it's, uh, it's obviously no no quick fix or easy, easy suggestion that's going to turn the country's... Uh, success around but um, I think it's it's definitely a, a good model to look at and when you see the population of them and the weather then there's there's no real excuse that Scotland could come up with that they haven't faced so um, yeah definitely a lot they could learn. Following two seasons in Icelandic football you then moved to Finland with IFK Maraheim. What was life at IFK like and how did that move come about? Um, so the contract came up came to an end in Iceland and they offered me a new one but I just um, was looking to, to take a bit of a step up and um, there was some interest from a couple of Finnish clubs and um, the Mbutaevke came about just after a week trial and did well and um, manager showed a lot of faith in me and then as soon as I signed they played me in the first week and I think I played every minute last year apart from a couple of suspensions so um, definitely worked out for the best and in terms of living there it was a bit of a challenge it was actually on an island the team I was at um, between Sweden and Finland so 10 hour boat trips to Wigan wasn't the most fun but uh, <laughs> we had a really good squad squad of boys and club treated as well and the manager was great so nah, a lot of, again a lot of good, good memories from being there What would you say the standard in Finland was like compared with your time in Scotland and Iceland? Um Again, I find it, find it quite hard to compare. I mean, um, it's maybe a bit of a slower pace, but a bit more technical than the Scottish game, maybe, I'd say. Um, a bit less, kind of, end-to-end aggression, maybe, say, but um, I think it would be pretty competitive in, in the Scottish Championship, for example, or maybe lower end of, of the Premiership, so um, that might give you an idea, but... Um, yeah, I just tried to focus on, on my own game as much as possible and felt improved a lot and grew a lot as a player last year. So um, that was that was probably the most important thing from a personal point of view. What would you say your highlights of your time over in Finland were? Um, I'd say getting to the League Cup final was, was a big bonus for the club. I mean, they didn't get past the group stage the year before and they were struggling for to stay in the league. So um, to have the year we did was, was pretty pretty impressive I guess because we had such a new a young squad um, yeah getting to the league cup final getting to the playoff final finishing the top half of the league so 
we were all big positives for the club and um, yeah, they say they definitely stuck out. You mentioned obviously your time in Finland, you had a couple of suspensions. Um, what were those like and was any of them, does any of them stand out as being a definite red card? <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously being midfielder, picked up a few yellows, so that was that was one of the suspensions, and then uh, I got my first career red, so that wasn't wasn't the best day, but um, <laughs> I, yeah, you could say it was it was uh, a fair decision because I kind of caught the guy's head in my boot, but um, totally accidental one. Yeah, no harm done. Won't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> um... Obviously, your contract ended over in Finland at the end of the season. As we speak, you're currently a free agent. What's next for you? Are you looking for another foreign adventure or would you consider a return to UK football? Um, yeah, so again, I got offered a new deal at the at IFK, but I, just, I think it's time to take another step and um, that's where all my focus has been in, in the last couple of months. Um, I'm looking to go abroad again and Hopefully, have something sorted in the next couple of weeks. I've got a couple of um, couple of things lined up for next week, so um, focus on that. And yeah, maybe like to return to UK in maybe a year or two. But I think for now, um, at the right age and still learning, still enjoying it, then it's yeah, still a good time to go abroad and experience something new. All the best, obviously, in terms of your next step, and I look forward to following it closely. I'll finish the interview with a series of quick fire questions, if that's okay. No worries. Yeah, go for it. Who would you say is the best player or best players you've played with? Probably Kenny Miller would be would be up there. I mean, the career he's had for Scotland and some of the clubs he's played for in the Prem is um, it was great to train with somebody like that and his experience, his professionalism were yeah second to none. So he's probably he probably stands out. In terms of best players you've played against. Um. Against probably Cal McGregor. We used to play against each other a lot in the youth teams at Celtic, and he was always a bit of a step above the rest of the team. And he um, had a lot of quality, and he's, he's obviously shown that now in, in Celtic's first team. Who's the best manager you've worked under so far in your career? <sighs> Tough one. I'd, I guess you'd have to say Walter Smith, just um, the career. Again, he's had in the game, he's, he's won everything, he's done it all. And, um, again, somebody with such a presence when he walked in the room, you know, you didn't want to disappoint him, you just wanted to, to give your all from, which is the case for all the managers I've had, to be honest. They've all, all been somebody I've looked up to and what give my best for. So um, it's hard to say just one, but you'd probably have to give it to Robert Smith. Staying on the theme of managers, um, obviously football is dominated by the so called super coaches, your Guardiolas, Klopps, Mourinho's, Ancelotti's. If you could play for any coach in the world at the moment, who would it be and why? Um, yeah, it's obviously hard to see past Jurgen Klopp. I mean, he's Liverpool on fire. They're winning everything. And I think just the, the passion he shows, the aggression, and he still combines that with a great style of play. So, um, yeah, I've never heard a player have a, a bad word to say about him as well. So, I think as a guy, as a coach, he's yeah, probably any player's dream now. How does a dressing room in Finland and Iceland compare with the Scottish dressing room in terms of banter and communication? Was communication ever a problem abroad? Um, obviously, there's been a bit more uh, nationalities mixed in the teams I've played with abroad, so a few things get lost in translation, but I think that's 
that's kind of part of the fun. It's quite a good laugh. And, um, last year, playing for the team in, in Finland, obviously living on an island, we travelled so much together. Then they, they become part of like your family because there's no one else there really. Um, so you spend so much time together. So I think that was probably a big difference spending that much time with the squad compared to yeah playing in Scotland, for example. You see them for a couple hours a day and then everyone goes about goes get some other day. So. Um, but in terms of banter, I think it's probably hard to beat the Scottish changing <laughs> <laughs> Um Last question of the quick fire for you, Robbie, is for young kids in the area, you've come through the Yak, which is local to Greenock. You've come through First Touch as well, well-known in Greenock. Um, and you've been on to become a professional. You've not only just played for Rangers a handful of times, you played over 50 times. You scored at Ibrox. You've played abroad. You've got a good pedigree as a footballer. And obviously you're an intelligent guy as well. What advice would you give any budding young local footballers and any young Scottish footballers in general looking to make a way in the game? Yeah, I mean, I think the advice would be just to give up your all. I mean, it's a short career. It can be done by 35 if you're lucky, so you've got no time to waste. Just practice all years of your game. Uh, take as much advice as you can in from coaches, parents. Uh, I mean, there's everything YouTube videos. There's no no limit to how much you can learn really so it's just it's just about how much you want it and how much you you want to give and I think anyone will tell you who's had any sort of success you know you put in hard work and you always you always see the benefits somehow even if it doesn't look obvious right away um, so yeah loads of things you could do but I think that would be the, the main main point and if a Scottish footballer asked you for advice in terms of moving abroad what advice would you give them in terms of opening up their horizons to different leagues and cultures I think if they were if they were considering it then they they um they must be interested in some way. So I think they'd just I'd uh advise them just to follow their instinct and if it feels right and they get the opportunity then um yeah, just give it their all again. I mean I can't I've I i can not speak highly enough of it but I know it's not for everyone so um if there's a player out there who's thinking about it then, you know, I'm always happy to chat to anyone about it and um give them some advice that I've, I've learned along the way but um, generally just, just grasp it with both hands and make the most of it um, yeah Sounds good and I must say you've been a fascinating guest and in terms of guests I've had so far you're the first guest I can safely say that's travelled abroad and played in different leagues and experienced different cultures so you've been a fascinating listen for me and I just want to say thank you for joining me on the Football CFB podcast Nice one. No, I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's good fun chatting about it. And if there's anything else I can do, then give me a shout.